You're listening to The Dr. Chris Show. Are you tired of the short-term patch to your health problems? Is avoiding medications and surgeries important to you? If you answered yes, then your prayers have been answered. Dr. Chris has been helping people transform their health for over a decade. He's a world-renowned health expert who specializes in holistic health. He's a professional speaker, chiropractor, and international best-selling author. It's his mission to help you reach your full God-given potential through holistic health and healing. Get ready to be inspired and transformed. Here's your host, Dr. Chris. So everyone, welcome to another episode where disease takes a dive and people come to thrive. And today we have the amazing Josh Trent. He's the founder of Wellness Force Media, host of the Wellness Force podcast and creator of Breathe. Uh, breath and wellness program, which is awesome. We're talking about that a lot today. Uh, Josh has spent the last 18 years as a trainer, researcher, and facilitator discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. I think that's so important. So I'm excited to dive in deeper with him on that. And then also, you know, his mission is to just help humans heal mental, emotional, and physical health through his podcast, his programs, his global community that all just believe in the same thing, optimizing their potential to live life well. So Josh, great to have you on, man. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me here. And um, I love the radio intro. I could tell you had the radio background. Oh, absolutely. All day long, right? And, uh, you know, uh, Josh and I were just talking before we got some mutual connections and friends. So small world and here podcast bringing everyone together. So Josh, we want to hear about your story. uh, What brought you to where you are today and really focusing on your, your breath work that you do with people, but really just where did that journey come from to where you are now? Uh, it came from anxiety, actually, which is something that I think millions of people deal with. And the anxiety was that I just didn't know how to be comfortable in this physical body. I didn't have the right psychological tools, emotional tools, or nutritional tools. And so needless to say, without those tools, flash forward 20 years from birth, I'm 21 years old. I'm in a job I hate. I was a Mercedes-Benz technician. Nothing to do with speaking, nothing to do with wellness, nothing to do with health. And I just got this massive wake-up call at 280 pounds because I used uh, the food really as a drug to squash down the feelings I wasn't ready to feel. And I left that all behind when I went to Hawaii because I was seeking peace inside myself. And in Hawaii at 24 years old, um, I lost and gained a bunch of weight. I found fitness out there. I became a fitness professional and that was the next 10 years of my life, you know, coaching clients on the fitness floor and 10 years, 10,000 sessions of uh, training. And when I let that go, I was in this space between really looking at the shadow parts of myself and really integrating my ego and integrating the shadow parts of myself so that I could show up and truly lead and guide others instead of just with fitness. Now, look, no, no knock on fitness. I think fitness is the gateway to wellness. But as you know, within wellness, there's physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So that quadrant applies uh, fourfold with every human being. And if we're not paying attention to that quadrant, it can lead us down some very dark paths. And so that founded um, the next step in my journey. And that was the host of Wellness Force Radio in 2015. After going back to corporate America and kind of committing, Chris, spiritual suicide, where I wanted, quote, and I'm using bunny ears for people that are listening, safe money. I wanted to feel safe. And at the end of that road, um, three plus million downloads later, like here we are. And it's because I was committed to wanting to feel good inside of my body, wanting to feel in harmony with who I am and how I show up in the world and what I stand for. And so that's been the ever present journey. 
Uh, and now with a child on the way, it's like even more ever present. This world needs people that are committed to knowing themselves. Along the way, one of the biggest tools I found was breath. That breath allowed me to know myself. It allowed me to unpack the anxiety that I had. And then it really sparked uh, a fire and a passion for me to teach that to others so that they can use really, Chris, the only autonomic piece we have in our nervous system that can modulate and regulate stress. And so that's my journey, my really quick journey uh, in 35 years in less than three minutes. That's awesome. And so now you said you're expecting, is this your first child you're expecting? It is. That's awesome. And so how far along is your wife? She's third trimester. So okay. 28 weeks. Yeah, Coming quick then for sure. Yeah. So, Hey, a lot of that breath work is going to come in handy here really soon. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. It will, yeah. <laughs> and for multiple reasons, right? But yes, Hey, yes, that's yes. awesome. Excited for you there. And you know, you, you talk about breath work and you talked about personal training and you're right. All these things are all pieces to the puzzle of helping us be our fullest selves and our truest selves. And how are you using breath work as a tool to help people access inner peace? Because right now, more than ever in our time and age, people are more stressed out than ever. Uh, yeah. They're dealing with a lot of stuff. They're, they don't have a sense of community because people are so just scattered and, and yeah. scared a lot of times. And so really, how has that come to be for you? The access point to somatic experiencing, whether it's joint pain, back pain, GI disturbance, acid reflux, uh, neck pain, anxiety, stress, fill in the blank of any physical mental ailment. The access point to understanding those and being aware of those is conscious breathing. And let me unpack conscious breathing because conscious breathing is conscious. It's not unconscious. Again, going back to the nervous system, which you probably have covered on your show, but it's a nice review quickly here. Sure. In, in the autonomic nervous system, there are these two powerful branches called the sympathetic and parasympathetic. The parasympathetic branch of our nervous system is what digests our food. It's what allows us to rest. It's what allows you and I to have a, a fluid conversation. Uh, you're not trying to kill me. You're not a tiger. If you were, I would shift over in that ANS to my sympathetic, which is like blood. Everything gets dilated. The blood shunts to the internal organs. Digestive processes shut down and um, my muscles are primed for running like fighting or fleeing. Mm -hmm. And so most of us, without being aware of it, subconsciously, not consciously, are being put into a battle zone all day long by traffic and stress and calendar notifications and bosses and even spouses and colleagues. And so when we take conscious respiration, conscious breathing, it can start to bubble up all the unconscious or subconscious things that are causing us acute or chronic stress. That is the access point. And that is why breath is so powerful because it can shift you. I mean, like immediately in less than three minutes. Um, one of the things I do with clients is just six deep circular breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth with no, with no hold. And that is the most powerful thing that gives people that really, um, understanding and awareness of that access point that all of us hold and it's free. Absolutely. You know, it's just amazing how many people think that they have to spend hours to meditate, get themselves centered when, as you start to get really good at it and maybe not even really that great at it just certain to practice it doesn't take long to help calm your nervous system right but it comes back to being consistent and not being always reactive and waiting for the crisis to hit and waiting for us to feel out of control in life before we actually start to do something about it and so how do you make breath work part of your normal routine well i think that routine is something that we all do our best to apply but life as you know 
uh, is not always routine. So we can have the greatest intentions about getting up at 5 a.m. and doing our breath work and intention setting and cold therapy and sauna. I have a template that I use, but when my life falls out of that template, I don't shame myself. I just get right back on the horse. Uh, if it's one day or two days or three days, and I just begin again. And so the integration of this is really doing what I call a morning 21. And the morning 21 is something that I built from having almost 400 interviews on the show. And I just connected the dots, Chris, of like, what are all the people from like Tim Ferriss to Dave Asprey to Gretchen Rubin to all these people, what are they doing in the mornings that really primes their mental faculty and their physiological self so they can really step into the day and be awesome and be themselves and have fun and enjoy this thing. And I found that some type of stillness practice was in every single either ancient or contemporary master. And so how I personally do this, as I started to learn from my mentors, either deceased or alive, is I do what's called warrior breathing. And warrior breathing in the morning is just quite simply inhale through your mouth, exhale through your mouth. So inhale, pull in your stress, exhale, let your stress go. Now notice I'm not using the nose, which I'll get to. The nose is really, really powerful because the nose is actually has the nose has the spherical spirals that are built inside of it that conditions the air. And that's how the air goes down into the lungs. And that's how we get the most oxygen in our lungs is actually through na nasal breathing and nose breathing. That's also what increases nitric oxide, which has many health benefits. So I do in the morning, Chris, I do those 21 warrior breaths. And after that, I do what's called a box breath. Box breath is an inhale for four an exhale for four, uh, inhale for four, a hold for four, an exhale for four, and a hold for four, just drawing a box with your breath. And the inhale specifically is through the nose because when you pull in air through the nose, most people get this wrong, you're actually activating your sympathetic nervous system. When you exhale through the mouth, specifically with an audible tone, you're activating parasympathetic. And so in that box practice, after I do my warrior breaths to super oxygenate the system, that box breath in the morning allows me to truly be at peace with whatever's going on in my mind. And it pulls me to the current moment because I say this to all my clients and in my programs, if you can breathe, you can choose. And just let that land for a moment. Like it's tattooed on my arm. Say, posso respirare, posso scegliere. And that's in Italian for it. If you can breathe, you can choose. If you can consciously breathe, you can choose to be the arbiter of your own thoughts. But if you're not conscious to your breathing, then it's very challenging to be conscious to your thoughts. And then 90% plus of all of our thoughts that happen during the day will run our lives. And as Carl Jung says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. So we are all wounded children showing up as adults, either taking our emotional inventory and doing our work with our conscious breathing to show up as a fully embodied loving self who's healthy in mind, body, and spirit or not. And it all starts with the breath. That's awesome. Now, when you talk about that, the warrior breath, you talk about in through the mouth, out through the mouth. Yes. Are you doing holds with that? Is that like a very, I think, no warrior, I think like intense, like breathing yeah. in, like Tony Robbins, you know, how he does his priming and he, you know, it's like in and out really fast. Is that how the warrior breath is or is that different? 
it's different. I'll do I'll do four. So all it is is belly breathing. So if you're doing this, um, obviously not in your car, but if you're stationary and you're safe, you can just put both hands on your belly. And I learned this from Dr. Belisa Vranich, who wrote Breathing for Warriors. You want to breathe 360. You want to breathe horizontal. You do not want to breathe vertical. Most people breathe and they breathe like this. Their shoulders come up and down. So when you do your warrior breaths, you actually want to, and I tilt my camera, but it's fixed. You actually want to, if you're looking from the side, have a balloon behind your belly button and have that balloon open and close, but have it be horizontal, not vertical. And so as we do that breath horizontally, we start pushing the back of the diaphragm. The diaphragm is this dome-shaped muscle into the vagus nerve. And when we do that, when we push on the vagus nerve through doing that diaphragmatic breathing, we cue that ANS to shift over to parasympathetic. And so it looks and feels just like this. And that's the pace of it. Inhale strong, exhale light through your mouth. No pauses. It's all connected. And the purpose of that is because you're priming your system. You're actually pulling in as much, ox as much oxygen as you can. And you're putting out as much carbon dioxide as you can. And what this does is it super oxygenates the system so that when you do go into your either circular breath or your box breathing, that you're more primed to have a higher level of oxygen so you can be able to sustain the type of breath practices that come after that. So think of a warrior breath as a priming tool to turn down the signal of what's called the default mode network in our brain. That is the circuitry that, that always searches for danger. Default mode network is um, very, very active when we are not at peace and most of us aren't at peace. So long answer to your short question, but essentially that's, that's, that's the style and the practice. No, that's, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. And you know, when we think about breathing, okay, we got the breath part, but people might think and our listeners like, doc, I've tried breathing. And then I, I do this breath work. And then I start thinking about all the stuff I got to do and all this stuff fills my head. And I, and I'm just finding myself thinking about all the stressors and all the things I got to go do and not actually on the breath. And can you explain and, and dive into that a little bit more with people? Cause those thoughts will come. It's how we're designed, right? We're going to, but how to like, how to help clear those thoughts and it's okay that those things come in and, and just give people more light on that and understanding really just the power of self-love for the inner dialogue and how that leads to our success too. Wow, what a complicated question. I mean, that I, know, could I just be an loaded entire... all on you right there, just threw up on you. There, you have to clean up. <laughs> what the an mess entire <laughs> that could be a whole podcast, right? So, okay, I I would define self love as the presence of the presence of however you see yourself without judgment. That's really what self love is. So, in full presence, how do you see yourself? And I don't mean like when you look in the mirror. I mean, like with your eyes closed, how do you see yourself? If you see yourself as, for an example, for yourself, if you see yourself as a health leader who's um, fully integrated in mind and body and spirit and you're here on the planet to serve your community and all these things, well, then that's, good. that's the degree of your self-love. And I'll tell you, Chris, that, that most people at the highest levels, it's been breaking my heart lately. This is a moment of truth. I, it is unfortunate that we have so many people that are in extremely high positions of power. I mean, look no further than the Democrat Republican BS that we're all looking at at all times. The people that are in power, not just in politics, but also in personal development and spirituality, I would be suffice to say that it's probably 50 to 60% of people that are in positions of power or influence are not yet integrated and not yet fully embodied in their own self-love. What I mean by that is, they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. They're out there and they look the certain way. They have the great marketing, 
but they haven't integrated it. And you know how you can tell this? This is really key for the listeners and for the viewers. Look into someone's eyes and do your breathing with your mouth closed. And when you breathe six times with your mouth closed, when you're with someone else and you look straight into their eyes, if you feel a calmness when you're around them and you're not projecting your anxiety onto them, then they're probably most likely integrated and they're probably a very trustworthy person. Um, in science, this is called the redox system. Uh, Zach Bush's work from the ion uh, biome. And also, um, I think Mercola has talked about this as well, our redox system. We have a six foot radius when we're around someone else and we really can feel their microbiome, their nervous system. So um, going back to the self-love question, it's a very deep one and it has a lot of nuance because many people can say that they love themselves, but saying you love yourself is much different than having a, a experiential understanding of what self-love actually is. Self-love is not a freaking light switch that you somehow wake up on a Tuesday and all of a sudden you love yourself. What I believe is that self-love takes an emotional inventory, it takes experiential learning, it takes um, trauma clearing, capital T and lowercase t, and it also has a very big quotient of emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is someone's ability to gather information, to apply that information, and then lastly, to embody that information. And so how breath layers on all this is that if you can breathe, you really can choose because when you breathe, you're turning down the cycling thoughts in your brain, the monkey mind, the default mode network, and you're getting more clear to whatever your body is telling you. And your body could be telling you, hey, we don't love us. <laughs> We're not really a fan of us. When we look in the mirror, we don't feel good. Most people try to ignore that, mash it away, smoke it away, drink it away, shop it away, whatever. And all that does is perpetuate the really self-hatred that most people are feeling. And so breath becomes this access point for us to really see what's going on. Um, there are three phases of breath work, which we can talk about. Mm -hmm. And in those specific phases, like people start to really unpack the capital T, the lowercase T trauma to start embodying it, man, and let it go. That's really what this is about is just like, can we integrate the proper tools to let go of the hate so we can truly love ourselves again? That's great. And when people are going through that process and they're trying to basically help that, so that get that self-reflection and, and help them understand themselves and who they really are. And they're going through this breath work to help their, their mind, body, and spirit. And they start to feel those make negative talks, the negative self-talk, the, the stressors of life start to creep in their mind. What should they do? Should they freak out? What, what's the best <laughs> practice right there? Go eat a pint of ice cream. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. But how, how many people feel that that's the gut reaction? That's the quote reaction. I want to contrast this with three things. Thoughts are visitors. So when we experience thoughts, I teach in my, in my breathe program for breath and wellness. And also I've, I've, this is an amalgam of training that I've gotten over the past six years. And that is, we have what's called a BTFA loop. And that exists in our mind and it affects our body. And so we have a belief, which creates a thought. Then we have a feeling and then we take an action. I mean, it, it is that linear. Now, granted, we are not linear as human beings, but the way our circuitry works and, and to your question of why do thoughts come in and what do we do? It is actually really linear for us to approach it in that way because at the bottom of it all, you can re, you can uh, reverse engineer every action that a person is doing. You can 100% always tie it back to a belief. 
no matter what. I know that sounds very reductionistic, but if somebody has, is taking an action, let's, let's contrast this. Someone is eating a pint of ice cream at night. Now, if they're come from, if their belief is, I love myself, I'm going to have this pint of ice cream. It's an enjoyable thing. I enjoy it, eating it with my wife or husband. The come from, the intentionality behind it is pure. But check in if you're with us here and just take a deep breath through your nose and breathe out. Have you ever eaten a pint of ice cream because you're angry, because you're sad, because you're frustrated, because your day didn't work out? Just let that land for a moment. Because if so, it's tying into a belief system. It's tying into a belief system where if we reverse engineer it, I believe, let's say for an example, I'm a high-powered executive at a company. I believe that I can't handle the stress. I believe that I'm not strong enough to handle the stress of my company. That creates a thought. And the thought is, wow, I really am not good enough to run this company. And then that thought creates a feeling, which is an energy in motion, uh, emotion. And then that emotion is an emotion of sadness or an emotion of anger or an emotion of frustration. And then that emotion takes to an inspired action, right? The inspired action from the emotion is I'm going to get, I'm going to smoke. I'm going to smoke these three cigarettes. I'm going to, I'm going to look at porn. I'm going to go shop and buy stuff I don't want, or I'm going to go eat a pint of ice cream at home, but it's coming from anger. So really reverse engineering our actions is where the breath comes in. When we can breathe, we can start to spread out the B, the T, the F and the A and really understand like, okay, let me be self-aware enough to know like why these things exist in the first place. Let me slow down the BTFA loop. Let me slow it down so that I can become aware of what's going on so that I can be loving and start to change my B of the BTFA. That, that's really what we do with those thoughts. That's awesome. Because I think it's so important that people understand like, hey, it's normal for us and how our brain works to constantly have thoughts come into our brain, but it's okay. Like said, they're, they're visitors, right? They, they just let them come and let them go. It's kind of like, I've heard yeah. it like a passing train or a boat passing by on a river. Like it's just, they'll come and they'll go and just let them go and get back to your, your breath work in your present moment. Cause we can only be present in our own breath. And yeah. I, that's what I love about breath work too, is I always used to think that to, to have to meditate and get centered was super complicated. It was, I was, Felt like I was too distracted to be able to really get in a, in a zone to do that. And I felt it had to take like, you had to do it for years to master it. Like some Buddhist monk had to travel up to the, the Everest to the base of Everest with these Napoleon, you know I mean? I thought it was really difficult, but you start to go through things like your program masters like yourself to really just lay it out. It can be easy to do. Yeah. It can be just part of our normal routine. And when our routines get off track, it's okay helps us get back on track, right? The reset button and not get, yeah. not get mad at ourselves, not get upset. It's okay. So what are, what does your program look like for people? Like how could they start to get involved in that? And, and how does that work? I know you have like a 21 day program. Sure. I was looking at that earlier. That looks pretty cool to help create those habits in their own lives. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. There's two access points. Like if you're, if you're listening and watching with Chris and I, and you're like, okay, I want to do this right now, then go to breathwork.io and at breathwork.io, you can sign up for the program. It's three weeks. The reason I created it to be three weeks is because I traveled to Thailand and Costa Rica and Sedona. And I, and I learned from all these different masters in their own breathwork fields. And I pulled together like the most practical ways that the everyday human being can actually start to integrate this into their life. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not certifying coaches. I'm, I'm actually like a business 
to a consumer, to a customer, to a client, to a tribe member. So I'm not certifying you to be a master in breath work. What I am going to give you is in three weeks, you'll understand how you can actually use this autonomic power of breath so you cannot be attached to your stress anymore. So you can transcend your biology and not be a slave to your brain and your thoughts that are going on, especially for people that are struggling with anxiety. So that's breathwork.io. Um, also, I talked about the M21. So if, if you want to just start something and you're not exactly sure if breathwork is for you, if it is for you, then go to breathwork.io. But if it's not for you and you're kind of like, hey, I want to I test it out a little bit before I, before I dive in, go to wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. There's a three-minute practice in there that you can try. It's part of those six foundational principles, uh, one of them being breath that I believe everyone needs to do when they start their day. So those are the two places people can begin the journey. And if whatever you're feeling, just trust that feeling. Because remember in the BTFA, the feeling is trying to guide you towards an action. So follow that feeling that you're having when you're hearing me speak to you, either it's the M21 or the breathwork.io. That's great. So yeah, definitely check that out. I think that's a great resource, especially someone who's, whether you're just getting learning or you want to just take your, your breath work or your meditation to the next level. Like that's awesome. And we talk about this, about, you know, a, a program or doing something or have, starting to create this routine or this practice. And there might be a lot of listeners out there that are thinking, you know what, I just, I can't stay focused on any one thing. I have all these things going on in my life. Um, I can't make the time. Um, I, you know, I, I can't pull this extra resource away from this to, to do this for myself, but in a distracted world that we live in right now, how can we stay more focused in a distracted world so that we can do the things that we want to do for ourselves that we need to do for ourselves. The only way that we can have focus is by calming down the thoughts that are trying to distract us from what we're focusing on. So the only way, in other words, that we can be current and prime and present in a moment, like right here with you and I, is I'm not thinking about anything later. I'm not indulging. It's really an indulging of the thoughts that we learn. It's, it's not our fault, really. And, and I'm going to be super, super honest here. It is not your fault that these thoughts come to you and haunt you. It is parental learning. You learn them from your parents. You learn them from society. You learn them from checking your phone a thousand times a day. We are conditioned and primed and programmed as human beings to not be, we are being programmed to be human doings all the time. And we're never understanding what it's like to just be a human being. So you have to be committed to more being in your life if you want to be more focused. And the only way in my experience you can have true healing around that and true focus is by using your breath to unpack your trauma so you can really be your most authentic self. That is awesome. the number one way to do it. There you go, right there. So if you want to get more focused, you got you're saying right now, hey, I, I gotta get more focused that I can't be more focused to do this breathwork program. You gotta do the breath work so you get focused. It's just full yeah, circle, breath work right? is breath work is great because it allows people that have trouble meditating. So if somebody's like, Chris, you don't understand, like I can't sit for seven minutes still. I'm not gonna be able to do that. What well, I bet you you could breathe for seven minutes. Because when you breathe for seven minutes, your default mode network is turned down. You're not um, showing up to the current moment with a bunch of thoughts. And whatever thoughts are there, they go away. Because when you focus on your breathing and you're doing conscious breathing, yes, you're doing something. But you're also being present to yourself. You're not entertaining and indulging in all these thoughts anymore. So breath work is really great for people that have trouble meditating. 
think that's awesome. No, I, I, you know, I started really getting into breath work more and I, I'm not an expert by any means and I'm always open to learning and I love your approach. So I'm going to learn more from you as well, but it just really does help you get more focused. It's helped me got more centered, helped me start the day better and puts me off on the right foot. And not that I'm always perfect at it and not that I, you know, I'm, I'm always just always on all the time, but it just, again, it just helps you hit that reset. And when you get distracted, you, you get back to doing that and it can yeah. make a world of difference and just helps you get through these chaotic times and helps you get back to more of a grounded um, life, which I think is important for everyone. So for you, Josh, really, what do you think in your own viewpoints is reaching someone's fullest potential? Like, what does that mean to you? Reaching full potential means that you're showing up with a clear connection to yourself as individuated consciousness in connection to a higher power of some sort and really giving yourself permission without the blockages of capital T or lowercase t trauma or learned behaviors or projections from parents. You're showing up authentically as you are without fear of being judged either by yourself or other people. That's how you can live to your potential because limitless potential only comes when we remove the limitations we put on ourselves. And we put those on ourselves because we learn that we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we're not fill in the blank. And it's all a lie, it's all not true. And, and if we indulge the thoughts that it's true, we have to be very militant around this. We have to be very militant around what thoughts we indulge upon. I'm not saying that we need to be angry at the thoughts. Thoughts come and go like leaves in the wind. It is our resistance to the thoughts being there that actually fuels the thoughts to stick around. So can I let a thought float by without judging it? Cool. But if I grab onto it and I start being angry that the thought is there or I start um, trying to resist that the thought is there, guess what I'm going to get? More of that thought. And then that becomes my own limitation that's self-imposed. So this is my lesson big, man. <laughs> big in life is like not attached to my thoughts. Let me return. I'm not perfect and none of us are. But can I just let go of attaching to my thoughts that don't serve me? And that's essentially how you, you fulfill your potential. That's awesome. I love it. So make sure you check out Josh Trent. Make sure you check him out on Instagram, Facebook, all the places. Josh, can you give your website one more time? We'll put it on the show notes, but just so yes. fresh in mind. Wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. Cool. So got that. Get it. Check it out. Josh, we appreciate you. Appreciate everything you do. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. To get this and other episodes and other free resources we mentioned today, go to newedgewellness.com or listen to the Happy Healthy Hormones with Dr. Chris podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. 